Hi there, Nerds Splurge, episode two. I'm back. Hi, I'm Ryan. And I realized that uh, I was promising to get episodes out weekly or bi-weekly, but apparently it's going to be monthly because I'm lazy. But here I am recording episode two right now in my lounge room, sitting on my couch. I'm all on my own this time around, uh, but that's fine. A lot has happened in the past month. A lot of things have popped up. You may have noticed that... Uh, doesn't sound like I'm talking down the uh, down a telephone wire at the moment. Uh, that's because I've got a new microphone, which is fantastic and turned out to be a waste of money. Well, no, because it's a fantastic microphone, so I'm not going to call it a waste of money. But I didn't need to because the problem wasn't the microphone. The problem was Windows because, of course, it was Windows. It's always Windows. Anyway. We've got a couple of news things that have dropped this this month, uh, and this week in particular, we just had some confirmation of something that. Uh, it's caught a lot of people by surprise, and now I've all kind of completely just kind of gone, meh. And that's, uh, we have a vampire bat, Robert Pattinson, best known, of course, for his uh, role as Cedric Diggory in everybody's least favorite Harry Potter movie, Goblet of Fire. It's the worst one. You know it. I know it. We all know it. He's also in some Twilight movies or something. Nobody ever watched them. It's fine. Whatever. No one cares. But yeah, he's a, he's a new Batman. And, uh... The whole world has just kind of gone, yeah, I guess. He's officially been confirmed this week. Uh, before that, it was just rumors and speculations, but now it's officially been announced. I don't know where they're going to go with it, honestly. I'd like to see some detective Batman, kind of see him use his brain more than his brawn, because we haven't really seen that from Batman in the movies yet. You know, even in the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Bruce wasn't particularly intelligent, like, he, he relied a lot on his uh, friends to help him. He was just the muscle. He didn't, he didn't really seem to do much investigating. And what investigating he did was done by other people, mostly Alfred and Lucius Fox. But that's fine. I want to see, I wanna, I wanna see the world's greatest detective. And I think that's the route they're going with. You know, Batman coming into his own, potentially becoming the world's greatest detective. So if we can pit him up against someone like, say, the Riddler, who is all about testing his wit and his intelligence against other smart people, I think that's brilliant. We don't need another villain that just has to be punched to be beaten. In fact, I would prefer a villain that can't be punched to be beaten. Someone that Batman can't just fight his way out of. It's the same way you make any story with the powerful fighter of a hero interesting. You make their strength irrelevant. It's like if we get another Superman movie, I want to see him go up against Lex Luthor and not just punch him. I, I want to see a Superman movie where Superman has to think. Because it's the only way you can make him interesting. Because when he just punches everything to win, he just wins. Because that's what Superman does. Otherwise, you've just got to keep upping the stakes. You need to make it personal. But that's that's where I'm at. That's, that's the Batman I want to see. Detective Batman. The Vampire Batman. I'm going to call him that from now on. He's the Vampire Bat. As long as he doesn't sparkle, I think it'll be fine. Now, in gaming news, uh, we got a uh, Nintendo Direct this week. Where Nintendo showed off their brand new Pokemon game, Sword and Shield. It looks incredible. I'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can take a look at it for yourself. I love the look of this game. It looks to be open world, which I have wanted from a Pokemon game since Pokemon games, well, since I first played an open world game, 
And now they've got the hardware on the Switch to be able to do it. They couldn't do it on a DS because the DSs just weren't powerful enough. And all the advertisement for this game before now, it looked like they were going, just it was just going to be more of the same, you know, very linear gameplay. You go down the path, you turn left or right, and then you go into the town. This has got the wild area, which I think they need a better name for that. They could just call it the wild lands. That works a bit more, but wild area, I suppose. I guess it's Pokemon-y, I suppose. But it looks gorgeous, and there's Pokemon roaming around, which I was worried that they weren't going to have, but they have. And so you'll be able to see Pokemon, you'll be able to run around, you'll be able to whistle for it and get them to come to you. You can go wherever you want. Looks great. Not keen on the raids myself, personally. But then I'm not a multiplayer gamer. I don't. I don't go out of my way to find people to play games with. I'm a bit annoyed that they're saying that some Pokemon can only be caught after you complete one of these raids. That's a bit rude as far as I'm concerned. That's like saying, hey, no, you have to play multiplayer if you want to get this Pokemon. Uh, but no, I'm not going to do that. I will trade to get that Pokemon, sure. But I'm not going to go on a raid, I don't think. Maybe I will. Actually, I have enough friends now with Switches that I might be able to do that. <laughs> That's right. I have friends. Anyway, they've released a couple of the new Pokemon. They've got a new sheep Pokemon, Wooloo. It's immediately become the internet's favorite Pokemon, uh, I think because of how cute it is. They've actually made a cute Pokemon that I actually want to, like, get a plushie of and just kind of, like, be like, <coughs> you're so cute, you're Wooloo. There's also Corviknight. It's a crow. It's what they seem to be using as their fast travel system, which is kind of cool. After you visit a town, you can you can catch the Corviknight back to where you came from, which is nice. Convenient, I suppose. And there's like a flower Pokemon, which I'm assuming is like the basic kind of, like sort of like Oddish, you know? I imagine they'll be just everywhere and basically useless. Uh, but might turn into something pretty useful because uh, it's evolved form. It's like a cotton bud thing, which, which looks kind of cool. I hope it's powerful. Probably won't be. But it looks cool, if nothing else. Well, actually, its head looks too big for it. Like, it can't hold up its head. But that's fine. <laughs> it's kind of funny looking. Beyond them, they've also uh, revealed the two new legendary Pokemon. Uh, I don't know what their names are called. I don't think they've announced their names yet. But they're like wolves. Like, one of them is like wearing a shield. Like, armor and a shield. And the other one has a sword in its mouth. You know, because sword and shield. People on the internet have... Uh, <laughs> rightly pointed out that the uh, one with the sword in its mouth looks an awful lot like the great grey wolf Sif from uh, Dark Souls, which I'll, uh, I'll include a link to a photo of that in the show notes. They're not wrong. They look basically identical. So I'm assuming then that it must be some sort of mythological figure, like they're clearly drawing from real world inspiration then if they are both got the same thing. I don't know. I should look into that. I should have looked into that before I started. Whatever. But yeah. It looks, it looks really cool. I'm, I'm really, really, really excited for it. And it'll be on the Switch, so I'll be able to like play it on my TV, which will be great. Everybody's wanted a console Pokemon for so long, and now we finally get one. Another trailer that dropped. They're remaking Destroy All Humans. I loved this game. I never got to play much of it uh, because I never owned a PS1. But a friend of mine did, and, uh, and he had this game. <laughs> it was hilarious. You fly around in a flying saucer, yeah, abduct cows and zap people to earn points. That's base. That's the basic premise. It's just it's just a silly game where you destroy all humans, destroy all humans, kill all humans. I don't know what it's called anymore, 
Vardy looks so good, except they haven't dropped any gameplay. It was like a music video for Ramstein. I love that that's just how they advertised it. Just, here's a Ramstein song to aliens killing things. It's definitely on brand for Ramstein, I suppose. Anyway, I want to talk Spider-Man because I've been reading uh, Spider-Man Life Story. It's a really, really interesting comic series. They're basically, they're showing Spider-Man's life, um, introducing him in the 60s when he was introduced to the world by Stan Lee and then showing his life from then up to the present day, going through, hitting all the major beats that, that happened to him, you know, the death of Uncle Ben, the death of Gwen Stacy, but also everything else that's going on around him. You know, him struggling with his guilt over not fighting in Vietnam, despite the fact that he has this great power. Does that responsibility apply to that? He's struggling with the fact that, you know, his friends don't know who he is, that he's, he's, he's losing everything around him. Um, but then he's gaining lots of things, but then he's also losing lots of things because anytime Peter Parker is happy, life has to punch him in the teeth. That's just how it works in the life of Peter Parker. But it's really interesting because they're showing him age. So in comics, people don't age. Peter Parker's been like 20 since the 60s. He doesn't age at all. But here in these comics, he does. And, and you can see that. The latest comic they've just released is the decade of the 80s. And he's slowing down. He's old. Well, he's not old. He's, he's middle-aged. He's slowing down. He's not as fast as he was. And they're showing the effects that, that that has on him. So I'm really curious just to see where they go with this moving forward. Obviously, he's not going to be able to be Spider-Man forever. I'm assuming by the time they get to the 2000s, they'll probably introduce Miles Morales and stuff and have him train him and all that kind of thing. But for now, he's just old. And we're seeing the whole Marvel Universe through his eyes as well, aging with him, you know. So you don't have these people that have been just young forever. Tony Stark's old. Uh, Reed Richard is, is older. A lot of these people are going to die from old age. And all the young Avengers, the new characters, I think they're going to bring them in earlier, maybe. Or there'll just be a period where there's just nothing. The 90s is the next one. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really enjoying this series. It's really, really fascinating. Really, really well written. And man, do I feel for Peter Parker. Because life just is not easy for him. Poor dude. Before I start this next topic, there will be spoilers for Dark Phoenix in this next section. I'll, I'll let you know once I've finished editing it how long it's going to be for. Because I realized after my last episode where we discussed... Game of Thrones spoilers and uh, Endgame spoilers. Did we discuss Endgame spoilers? Actually, I don't think we did. But there were spoilers talked about in the episode. And I said, hey, just skip ahead. But I didn't tell anybody where to skip ahead to. So I think either people just had to stop listening or just get spoiled, which isn't ideal. So actually, you know what? I'm going to put this at the end. So spoiler warning, this is the last topic. Uh, of this episode. So if you don't want spoilers for Dark Phoenix, well then, thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'll see you next time. Episode three coming when I get around to it. Uh, I'm trying to be more consistent, I promise, but I'm lazy. For those of you who are sticking around, I'm going to uh, get into it because I just got back from the theater and I have thoughts. Mostly that it's forgettable. I think in a couple of years' time, I'm not going to have any idea what happened in this movie beyond the fact that things exploded. The, the fights were in it were cool. That's about it. The story was kind of nonsensical. I didn't believe any of the character motivations in any of it at all. The fights were cool, though. The powers looked fantastic. But everything else was just so... Eh. Just... 
I found myself bored. Well, no, I wouldn't say I was bored, but just I didn't care about anything that happened. The whole movie is just the epitome of just, I guess? For the last hurrah of the X-Men, it's just exceedingly disappointing. I know it's been getting a lot of terrible reviews. It's not a terrible movie. It's not the worst movie ever made. It's just simply more of the same. Like, we've seen this movie, like, a thousand times. It doesn't do anything special. It doesn't do anything particularly wrong. It's just... Eh. So, it starts out with them going up into space to save the crew of uh, Space Shuttle Endeavour on its first ever flight back in uh, May 1992. And they run into a... They call it a solar flare, but nobody in their right mind would ever call it a solar flare because it's a cloud of dust, which is... Not what a solar flare is. Um, I don't know if you've seen a solar flare, but it tends to be a bit more fiery than dusty. But apparently they're claiming that this dust is fire, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's basically, it's just another cloud. They haven't, I thought, I thought we were done with clouds in superhero movies, but apparently X-Men had one last cloud up there, uh, up their sleeves. Fox got their last cloud in a superhero movie. Good for them. Anyway, they go up and they save the crew, but Jean Grey becomes... She, she gets hit with this cloud of dust, solar flare, in, in air quotes, uh, and absorbs it, and she takes the Phoenix Force inside of her, but they don't call it the Phoenix Force. It's just the Force, because... Well, they don't call it the Phoenix Force at all, ever. They barely call it the Force. They call it a Force, not the Force. A Force a power. Um, they don't really explain what it is at all, except that it brings death and life, apparently. They don't show that. Well, they do, but they don't really. It's like, hey, here's an illusion of a thing that you can see, and but it's not actually happening. We don't know if this is really what it can do, if it's just what she's showing you so that you can know and do what she wants because you think that she's doing the right thing and you think that she can show you how to bring life out of death, because Phoenix, I guess. Um, but that's not how it works at all. Anyway, it starts out, Jean goes nuts after it happens. She freaks out, and then she kills uh, Mystique because Jennifer Lawrence wanted to not ever play Mystique ever again. She didn't realize at the time that she wouldn't have to because Disney bought Fox, and they were going to scrap the whole thing anyway. But hooray, she got to kill the character, so I suppose that's one win. And then... She runs away to Genosha, where Magneto is, but she doesn't tell Magneto that she killed Mystique because she knew that Magneto would get angry. Meanwhile, the, the X-Men are like, oh no, Mystique's dead. Urgh, angry, but mostly sad. Hank's angry because he loved her and he blames Charles for it. And Professor X is like, hey, no, I this isn't my fault at all, even though it's entirely my fault because I stopped them from doing things that would stop Jean, I guess. I don't know. It's confusing. Nothing is really makes any sense in this entire movie. It's just plot points to get you from one fight scene to the next. And those fight scenes are fantastic. The way they show off these powers are brilliant, except for one minor thing that annoys me. It's in the big finale. They're on a train made out of metal and Magneto's there, 
they're in a metal train and they've shown Magneto being really powerful in this metal train and ripping it to shreds and using it to be Magneto and even like crumpling up one of the train cars so that all the bad guys would get squished in it. And then the final bad guy comes through and she's apparently too powerful to do that to. Instead, he needs to use all the guns in this armory to shoot her. And that's fine, I guess. It looked cool. But then when they run out of ammo, instead of, you know, using all of the other metal in the room, he just kind of goes, well, I guess I'll die. Except he doesn't die because, except for Mystique, it seems like all the uh, X-Men have God Mode on, I guess. Like, Magneto himself gets stabbed a lot by his own shards of helmets, by by Jean. Like, he goes to kill her and then Jean's like, hey, nah, you can't kill me. Like, I'm going to kill you with your own helmet and like she explodes it into a couple shards of metal and it's actually really cool. And then she jabs them all into him and then he flies back through a wall and like he should be dead. Like at that point he's dead. He's got like spikes that have gone through him. He's dead. He should be bleeding out and dead, but no, he's fine. He's okay. He's all good. Doesn't even slow him down even a little bit. And then of course the big, the big climactic fight scene at the end where Gene fights off all of the hordes of aliens because the enemies in this movie are aliens for some reason. And I get the feeling that Fox originally wanted to use the scrolls for this movie because they're kind of shapeshifters. But then uh, Marvel's like, hey, you uh, you can't use scrolls because we're using scrolls in Captain Marvel. And so you have to come up with your own shapeshifting aliens. And so they did that. And they were like, terrible. And I don't actually know what their motivations were except to get the Phoenix Force and then do something vague. It wasn't explained what the bad guys were trying to do. Like, they they kind of pitched this movie, I feel like, as an emotional, psychological thriller. But they still had to try and sell it as a superhero movie. I don't even know what the name of the main villain is. I've got no idea who they are, where they're from. I'm pretty sure... They've been invented specifically for this movie. There's no reason for it. Like, the Phoenix is a big enough villain on its own. You don't need anybody else. It's it's another case of them completely missing the point. Now, I've loved these X-Men movies over the years. From the first one, way back in 2000. They've had some hits and misses. The opening scene of X2 is still my favourite superhero scene ever. With Nightcrawler just going to town on the Secret Service. Like, it's probably one of the best choreographed superhero superpower fights I've ever seen. X3, we're going to pretend that never happened. Just like Fox did. And then Wolverine Origins, we're also going to pretend that never happened. Just like Fox did. You know, and they've had their ups and downs. I really like Days of Future Past. X-Men First Class, not so much. X-Men Apocalypse was not good. And this one is better than X-Men Apocalypse. I will give it that. It is better than Apocalypse. But that's not a high bar. But here we are. We're at the end of the line. The X-Men have died. Well, they haven't died, but the franchise is dead. They're not coming back as these X-Men. I don't think we'll ever see any of these actors in these movies again. McAvoy's days as Xavier is done. Fassbender's days as uh, Magneto is done. And uh, that's where we're at. I don't think they're coming back. I think a lot of people would like them to come back. But they won't. Ever. They're done. Um, Because they're going to pop up. The X-Men are going to pop up. 
in uh, in a Marvel movie at some point in the future. I don't think we will see the X-Men at large for a long time. I think we'll see a character here and there start to pop up. I think Hank, I think Hank McCoy is a good good character choice for uh, for the, the Avengers because he's he's one of those X-Men characters that has towed the line between Avengers and X-Men for, for many years. He's been on both teams. Him and Wolverine, uh, they're the two main X-Men characters, mutant characters that have been both Avengers and X-Men for most of the time. They've already got Wanda. They've already got Scarlet Witch. So there's there's opportunities there. Um, but I think that's likely how they're going to do. They'll bring in one character at a time rather than the whole team, eventually building up to an X-Men team. Um, because I feel like that's the, the most natural way to do it, unless they're going to go deep into this multiverse thing that they seem to be setting up in Spider-Man. If they go deep multiverse, then they can just say, hey, here are the X-Men now. Huzzah, they're from another universe. And that could be cool, but I don't want that. I think some people would want that, but I don't want that. But that's my thoughts on uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Nerd Splurge. Thanks for joining me. You'll hear me next time. Hopefully I'll have a guest next time around and we'll be able to talk some more, get some back and forth, get that good, good old-fashioned banter. Uh, everybody loves some banter. I'm not good at bantering with myself, so hopefully I'll have someone to bounce off next time. I'm not going to make any promises on when next time will be, as uh, this one was meant to be out the week after episode one, as you can tell, a month later. But that's fine. It's fine. It's okay. I'm going to try and be more consistent, though. Get something out there more frequently. Probably have more concise topics. I didn't do much research for this episode. You can probably tell I ramble a lot. But, you know, that's fine. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'll get there. You'll get there with me. We'll get there together, and nothing will ever be able to stop us. Except for, you know, things that do. Life, mostly. Also, laziness and procrastination. Because that is the real the real kicker here. The main reason. Anyway, this is Nerd Splurge. And I'll see you next time. Thank you.